0: Hello and welcome back to the Money Bear podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Daniels, better known as Clover Money Coach on the internet. And the Money Bear is really just where we get pretty bare about our finances, about our income, about job stuff, even about mental health. We've talked a little bit about mental health on this blog, or not blog, I almost said blog. I mean, it's a podcast blog. Blogging is just. Or podcasting is basically just like a verbal blog, right? So, but this is the quick money tip episode where I give you guys a little update on Clobear happenings, my life, etc. For all the nosy, <laughs> wonderful human beings who want to know, I'm the same way. And then I also give you guys a quick money tip that you can start implementing in your own life. So on to the, the life update. My life update is pretty much... I've just been an anxious disaster for a week, I feel like, ever since I got back from vacation. (laughs) And I use vacation lightly, though, because San Diego didn't really feel like a vacation. I felt like it was just rainy and gross and kind of disappointing while I was there. But since I got back, I haven't really been able to totally shake this anxiety that I've been feeling. I... I think it's partially because moving to San Diego is such a big life change for me. And it does make me nervous. But also while I was there, I just kept looking at housing and seeing the cost of housing. And it's just wild what the costs of housing in San Diego are. And for example, when I was living in Chicago, I paid less than $1,500 a month for a thousand foot one bedroom apartment. I didn't have to pay for heat and it was a pretty nice apartment, but centrally located, close to the train, all that stuff. And then when I'm looking at San Diego, I'm looking at spending for all the things that I want, which is, you know, natural lighting, hardwood floors, centrally located. I'm looking at spending closer to $2,800. So double what I was paying. In Chicago now granted I have a little bit slightly different circumstances in that now I have a dog and a cat but that's not like a hugely different life circumstance that you would think it would make such a big deal but it does make a difference and uh, yeah, it makes me nervous. I mean, doubling my cost of living, not only in terms of home ownership or rent, but also in terms of like the everyday purchases out there for gas and groceries and things like that. I am a little bit nervous. So I know it's still something that I want to do and I'm excited to go back out there and start apartment hunting in April because I'm hoping by then I'll have a better idea of where I'm at and what feels comfortable and confident. But I did in a panic last night just to like, explore my options, I looked at purchasing property in Tucson. (laughs) And I got to say, Tucson is very tempting because Tucson, I love Arizona. And even though I didn't feel like Arizona was the best place for me right now, there are a lot of positives. (laughs) It's always warm. You have every kind of climate in the state. So if you want to go up and ski in Flagstaff one weekend, you can. But then you also have hiking in the forest. And then you have hiking in the desert. And then you have hiking in the mountains. Like There's just so many different types of climate out there. And then not only that, you've got the Grand Canyon, you've got Lake Powell, you've got these just beautiful natural monuments out there, natural parks. And you're also not that far away from like Mexico and California and all the surrounding states that like I am interested in visiting. But anyway, so I looked at Tucson real estate and I'm like, oh my God, I could get a whole single family home and pay the same amount in rent that I'm paying or will be paying in San Diego. And I think the only reason that's never really appealed to me before, but I think I'm getting to the age where, like, I do care a little bit more about space and I do really care about chilling out and not feeling like this really high pace, high speed. And I don't know if that's just coming from a place of me being burnt out right now or if it's just really me entering into this life stage where. I do want a backyard and I do want to have, you know, an office and a guest bedroom. But I think moving to San Diego is more important to me than that right now. I could see myself maybe in five years really looking into settling down a little bit more, but it is in the back of my mind now. It is it is something that I've been thinking about, especially just with the cost of living. So who knows? I could end up making a total turn of events and move my ass to Tucson and said, I doubt it. What I'll probably do is just visit Tucson again to see like how I felt. Because even though I love Tucson, it's beautiful. It's got such great access to nature. I did feel really lonely because Tucson is such a small city. It felt like it was hard to find my people. There just wasn't a lot going on. And I remember even like looking for things every weekend to do. There just was not much going on at all, (laughs) except for nature stuff. But I would maybe just have to get in with like a hiking group down there or something along those lines. So we'll see. I do really like Tucson though. So the plan is still to move to San Diego, but it is interesting having this moment of, well, should I just move to Tucson instead? (laughs) Have a cheaper cost of living and have more space? Maybe. Maybe I'm not completely rolling it out. So anyway, that is kind of what's on my mind today. Things are a little bit hectic. Today's a very busy day with a bunch of things that I got to get done today. And this week, because I'm going up to visit my boyfriend this weekend, he's in the Chicago area. So I'll be heading up there. And yeah, so I guess that's it for the Clobear Life update, but let's head into the quick money tip. And before we get to it, friendly reminder that we've got a ton of free resources and tips and things along those lines inside of our free money guide that is available at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. It's also available on So, And it's also available in the show notes. So we got that for you pretty much everywhere. All right. So today, what I want to talk about is how I personally make my finances easy on myself. I am a big believer in making things easy because if it's not easy, we're probably not going to do it. And if we're not going to do it, then what's the point in even attempting to do it? Um, That's not true. I do think you should be attempting to do things. But I think when we lower the barrier and the obstacles in order to allow ourselves to more easily access the things that we know we need to do, we're going to be a lot more successful. I mean, think about when you're starting a healthy habit or when you're starting some new habit or whatever. It's always easier for you to have meal prepped. To have healthy ingredients at home, to not have the things that tempt you at home, those kind of things. So, with our finances, we don't usually think about our finances in the same way, but we need to because if we're thinking about our finances in the same way, we can set up systems that set us up for success and making things easy, making them lazy. That is one of the ways that we can set ourselves up for success. So, the first thing for when it comes to making my finances easy on myself is that I automate everything. It truly blows my mind how many people still manually pay their bills every month. I don't do that. I would be so annoyed if I had to like remember all the different dates, the different money comes out and different subscriptions and things along those lines. Instead, I just make sure that everything is on an automatic payment. And that includes my credit card payments. So no matter what, I will never miss a credit card payment. Sure, maybe I'll miss paying the entire thing off in full, which let me tell you, never happens. Never happens. I don't pay interest on credit card debt. But no matter what, I make sure that I am always hitting the required payment every month. And of course I'm paying it off as well. But if for some reason I'm like a day late or something, I already know it's okay because I got the minimum. And we do not want to ever miss a credit card payment. If we miss a credit card payment, that can severely impact our credit card debt, or I mean our credit card score, our credit score. So everything is on auto pay and everything for the most part. Unless you live in a like really small town and you have a small town landlord who only takes checks, which is possible. I've heard of that in my area. For the most part, things are pretty automated these days. So, if you've got a comed bill, you've got an internet bill, you've got subscriptions, you've got water bills, garbage bills, whatever. Check with the company that provides the services with you and see if you can get an automated payment. Then what I want you to do is add up all your automations and make sure that every month at the beginning of the month, no matter what, you have the total amount of money for all of those bills in your bank account. So as long as you know that if I have this amount in my bank account at all times, I am always going to be able to cover my bills. So whatever it is, maybe it's 200 bucks, maybe it's 500 bucks, just make sure that amount is in your bank account at the beginning of the month, okay? Now, beginning of the month, or really at the beginning of every two weeks, because you know some bills are in the first half of the month, some bills are in the second half of the month. You can break it down as deep and detailed as you want it to, but at the very basics, you've got to make sure that amount, honestly, whatever it is, it's got to be in that bank account at the very least at the first of every month, if not throughout the month. So that is number one, always making sure that you've got your bills on auto pay because who has time to keep track of that? Now, the second thing that I really focus on is that I do not keep things like unassigned cash on hand. So what I mean by that is all of my dollars that I have on hand, and when I say on hand, it's in a bank account, those are all assigned a job. So I don't just have random dollars floating around, not really sure what I'm going to do with it. It's pretty clear where my money is and what its job is. And the reason it's clear is because I use something called savings buckets. So savings buckets are something that certain banks like Ally, like Yada, the two of my favorite high-yield savings accounts, have that allow you to divide and organize your savings into different goals. So for example, my Ally account, I've got one bucket for taxes. I've got another bucket for my emergency fund. And then in my checking account, the only thing that's in my checking account is money to cover my bills for the next two months. That's it. Everything else is invested. So I've got my savings buckets for my emergency fund and my taxes. And then I've got my checking account for my like, upcoming expenses in the next 60 days. And then everything else is in my investments. The reason is because if we just have money that is not assigned to a certain job, laying around, sitting around, it's doing exactly that. It's being lazy. We want our money to work hard for us so that we can be lazy. And the only way that your money works hard for you is by making sure that it's invested and that it's actually being put to work. So It is put to work by saving being saved in your emergency fund. I do want to be clear about that. It is being put to work when it's saved for a specific goal. But if it doesn't have a goal, in my opinion, most of the time it needs to be invested. But keep in mind, your savings buckets can be anything. Your savings buckets can be your sinking funds for vacation or car maintenance or an upcoming major purchase, whatever that is, Christmas for throughout the year. Those buckets. Make it just really nice and easy to organize everything. So I highly recommend making sure that you are working with a bank that does offer buckets. Like I said, my two favorites, Ally and Yotta, Y-O-A, do offer those saving buckets. Just make sure if you're doing an online savings account like Yotta, you don't want to be using the DeFi products, the crypto the crypto products, those I do not condone. Instead, you wanna be focusing on something that is FDIC insured. There are a lot of great online bank accounts out there, but again, my two favorite are linked in my free guide, so be sure to grab that. Okay, so the first one was I automate everything, even my investing, I can automate, I don't automate my investing because I get paid in lump sums, so it's easier for me to just, when I get paid, whatever I get paid, I like throw a portion of that into my investments. But for most people, automating your investments is absolutely the mood and move and you can do that. So that's number one, automate your investments, automate your debt, automate your bills, automate whatever you can automate. You can even automate your savings. So all of those things, that's number one. Number two, like we said, is focusing on using things like savings buckets to make sure that your cash isn't sitting around not working for you. Number three is I do not pick individual stocks. I pick index funds. And the reason I do that is because instead of picking an individual stock, which is incredibly risky, which is essentially like gambling, I pick all of the stocks. So I have every single stock in the entire world in my portfolio. Do you know how long it would take if I had to like individually pick out every single stock in the entire world and put it into my portfolio? Number one, that would take so much time. But number two, it would be ineffective because it would also be really expensive. And there's just no point. Instead, I can buy all of the stocks and, and buy them in a way that aligns with my portfolio goals so I can allocate however I want. But I can do that with index funds. With index funds, instead of buying those individual stocks, you're buying all of them. You're buying a handful of them. You're buying hundreds, if not thousands of them. Now, obviously, it depends on what you buy. Some of the index funds may have a couple hundred stocks inside of them. Some index funds may have thousands of stocks inside them. But either way, we're not focusing on trying to pick a winning stock. We're just picking on all of the stocks. We're betting on all of the companies in the U.S. or all of the companies in the international market. So I have tons of resources on why stock picking isn't the move, why individual stock picking is not the move, and why we don't want to be doing that. And it all starts with grabbing that free guide in the show notes. Now, another thing is When it comes to making my taxes, or when it comes to making my money easy, I also do not DIY my taxes anymore. Now, I want to say there is a caveat here. If you are a regular W-2 employee and you don't really have all that much going on other than the income that's coming in through your regular job, you probably can DIY your taxes. You can, even if you're doing like side hustle work, you can likely DIY your taxes. I was still DIYing my taxes up until last year when I realize I've got way too many things going on, which means there's a way too much room for error. So I am not going to do that myself. Instead, I'm going to hire it out. I'm going to have somebody else do it because this is starting to get too complicated with both when I had the real estate investment, as well as when I had you know multiple different side incomes, when I had to focus on the S-corp formation, and when I had to figure out how much can I put into my solo 401k, things like that. Most people with a W-2 job and not much else you could probably use something like HR Block or Free Tax USA or TurboTax, although TurboTax is, from what I understand, relatively problematic. They often say that they're going to get you in with some free, be able to do your taxes for free, and then they make you pay. So there are other resources available that you do not need to use. Free Tax USA, I believe, is the name of the suggested one from We Bravely Go. One of my friends, Kara, she's an incredible activist in terms of investing in socially responsible companies and i believe that is the one. Now listen to me type away as i double check that that's the one she likes. We bravely go, she, who knew this was going to be a shout out episode to kara. So the one that she recommends is tax free or free tax usa. Yes, good. I got it right. So anyway, they do not do any of that bait and switch stuff and they're actually free. So most of the time, like I said, we're not going to DIY things like taxes. But if you're a small business owner, you're probably not going to want to DIY your taxes. For me, as a small business owner with multiple different streams of income, with an S Corp, with all that stuff, there's no way in hell I'm going to try and DIY that stuff. So that's the caveat one. Now, the other thing is, so we're on I guess tip number five now is with tip number five is I believe it or not, even though I teach about investing, even though I'm constantly posting about information about investing and all that stuff on the internet, I actually do not pay attention to what the stock market is doing every day, especially... Not right now, when stocks generally are down. The reason I don't pay attention to what's happening with the stock market on a daily basis or even a weekly basis is because it really doesn't matter. I am a long-term investor. I plan on buying and holding the investments that I have for a long period of time, like decades. Like right now, I'm probably not going to retire for at least 20 to 30 years. So for me, as long as my allocations are in line with my goals and my risk preference and my time horizon, there is no reason for me to be checking the stock market every day. The only thing that's going to do is make me freak out, panic, potentially try and rethink my process, rethink my plan. And there's really no reason for me to be doing that. So For now and probably forever until I go to reallocate my portfolio and have different goals, I don't pay attention to what the stock market is doing. Generally, all it is that's happening is going up and down. And as long as over the long term, it continues to go up as it has over the last 100 years, I think I'll be okay. I think. I mean, who knows? A lot could happen, but... I think I'll be okay. So with new investors, I think this tip is incredibly important because it's so easy to stress yourself out or make yourself believe that you did the wrong thing. And if you're buying wealth diversified investments, if you have a diversified portfolio that's designed according to your risk preference and your time horizon, you should be okay. And watching the stock market on a daily basis is only going to stress you out. So I mean, watching stock market on a daily basis when things were going good might be a little bit more enjoyable <laughs> and not as, problematic, but that's just not the case right now. And even if it was constantly going up, there's, that's just not information you need to know. Instead, you could be like reading the comics section. You could be checking out what local news is going on. So things along those lines. So those are my five tips for how I really focus on making my finances easy. Again, that's number one automating my finances, making sure everything's on bill pay, whether that's debt payoff, whether that's savings automations, whether that's investing automations, automate stuff so you don't have to think about it and that money goes to where it's supposed to go on purpose. Number two is I don't have cash just lying around. Instead, everything that I have on hand and everything that I have in general, everything that I is to my name, I would argue, has a job. So all of my money has a job and I make sure that it has a job by using savings buckets in my high yield savings accounts. Number three, I do not pick stocks. Instead, I pick index funds because picking index funds just makes everything easy. And my fourth one is I don't do my own taxes. Now, like I said, there is a caveat there. You can do your own taxes if you're a W-2 employee and you don't have a very complicated set of taxes. But for folks like me who've got multiple strings of income and want to make sure that they're not getting audited by the IRS, even though I'd be fine. It would just be stressful. I don't want to do that, so I don't. Instead, I hire it out. I use a service called Collective. They do all my bookkeeping, they do all my taxes, and they have been a huge relief to work with. This is not sponsored, but I should probably hit them up for sponsoring me. And then fifth, of course, is I do not pay attention to what the stock market is doing. That is just an unreasonable amount of stress that I don't need in my life, and it's not particularly helpful either. So. Those are my tips for you today, my friends. If you want to get more tips right away, head on over to Clobear.com or grab the links in my show notes for our free investing guide and our free investing class. So that's what I got for you. And a friendly reminder that since we are talking about finances, nothing on this page is meant to be financial advice. It's all for your own education, your own entertainment and opinion only. So that's what I got you guys. I'll talk to you all on Monday and I hope you have a good week. Bye-bye.